Welcome to another episode of Jody Jenkins, the golf guy. As always, our producer, Brett Black, in studio, working his magic. And we continue, in this part of the world anyway, in Ontario, and I know Brett's already shaking his head because he knows where I'm going to go, but we, we continue here in Ontario with full restrictions on golf. We can't play golf yet. I, I got to say, though, I I host a charity pro-am each June. Fingers crossed that we are out of, of lockdown here in our part of Canada by then, uh, but nothing would surprise me these days. But anyway, so mid, middle to end of June, I, I host a charity pro-am, and I was out there uh, at our home course, Brett, just having a meeting, finalizing menus and all that stuff, um, socially distanced masks in case anyone's wondering. Um, but the course looked unbelievable. I was looking at it out from the patio and the fairways, the greens, like so lush. I mean, the rain has obviously helped here in Eastern Ontario, but I tell you, I tell you, if you're in a part of the world where you can golf, consider yourself so fortunate because we are jealous for sure here in Ontario. So anyway, I, uh, I'm not going to say anything, anything more on that because, uh, that's been, that's been beaten to death in the world of media and, uh, Quite frankly, we're moving forward now. So I wanted to bring on an exciting guest. I got a release uh, a couple weeks ago or, or just recently. I can't remember how long ago it was about the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame celebrating 50 years and some of the exciting stuff they have planned for a big event coming up on June 8th. And I reached out to a good friend of mine, Dan Pino from Golf Canada, who connected me with our guest. We're so excited to have her on. It's her first appearance. She is the Director of Heritage Services for the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame and Golf Canada in general, I'm going to assume, and she might correct us, but let's welcome Megan Gardner to the program. Megan, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you so much. And and yeah, you you have it right. No, that's my title with uh, Golf Canada, and I run the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame and Museum for Golf Canada. So just for clarity, just to get little things out of the way, just so people know exactly what's going on, Golf Canada is kind of the overarching umbrella that the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame falls under. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. We were founded in 1971. And at the time, it was the Royal Canadian Golf Association um, that, that founded the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, and they had already started, the RCGA themselves had started collecting, um, you know, artifacts uh, from out throughout their history. So uh, we were founded in 1895. So we have quite a, an extensive uh, golf history, um, specifically in, in Canada. And and, you know, we, we're also home to the oldest golf club in North America. So a lot of people don't even know that. So the Golf Canada thought, you know, it was really important that we not only build a museum, but recognize the legends of the game in a Hall of Fame. Okay, cool. No, that's, uh, I've always been amazed at the, I mean, I've always been a big fan of history in general um, and heritage stuff. And then obviously with golf, that aspect of it as well has always kind of piqued my interest. And so is it, I, and I know your offices or where you were located, like, is it still at Glen Abbey or is that, is that true or no? Yeah, no, we're, we still have our, our offices and the museum is still um, located on the grounds of Glen Abbey, but we're in um, the Leonard E. Shore building, which is a separate building um, on the property. So people don't have to be golfing Glen Abbey or visit the clubhouse in order to come and, and visit us. 
and I hope this isn't an unfair question. I just popped in my head with all that discussion going around with Glen Abbey and redevelopment and, and all that stuff. Would you guys have to move if something does happen there or what's the plan? Yeah, um, you know, that's a long ways off. Um, They're still going through litigation as far as the rezoning of the property. So in the meantime, we have no plans of uh, of leaving um, until we have um, or Club Link uh, has an idea of what they're they're planning to do with the property. Okay. And then again, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I was just, yeah. just curious over that because I mean, it is a, a topic that comes up quite a bit and I'd be, I'm sure that if it does come to that, you guys will have an excellent uh, place that you'll be moving to. So I have no, uh, no fear on that front. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, as I said, from the beginning, we've been collecting for, you know, for over 50 years, there is never a concern um, that we would ever be, you know, getting rid of our collection um, or not having, um, you know, our resources available to to the public. So 50 years, big event coming up on June the 8th. Uh, Looks to me it's called the RBC Hall of Fame 50th anniversary presented by Nike Golf. And uh, there's going to be a big virtual gala celebration hosted by Bob Weeks and Gail Graham. Megan, tell us a little bit about what this means to the Canadian, what it means to Canadian golf and also to the Hall of Fame and the people involved. Because this is a big accomplishment. This is an exciting time. Yeah, you know, I'm really excited about this event. We started planning it a couple of years ago, actually, and our plans were originally to have, you know, a 300-person gala uh, event, and unfortunately, COVID, you know, squashed those plans. Um, However, you know, not many times uh, do institutions celebrate 50 uh, years, Uh, so we thought that this, even with COVID, that this was an accomplishment that still needed to um, to be looked at and recognize and you know not only are we looking at our hall of famers or some of our hall of famers and what they accomplished throughout the years but we're also looking at individuals who we know in the future are going to be um, members of our hall of fame including you know a, a brooke henderson for example so what yeah. we're doing is we have created the 50 most influential moments in Canadian golf history. And that was a really hard task. We had a subcommittee who uh, put together a list of moments from, you know, the beginning of time uh, for, of golf in Canada. And we had over, you know, 80 uh things that we had to this list. And so what we did is, you know, we kind of condensed it down and we got to our top 50 uh, moments. And, you know, the, the great thing is about this is that it allows people to relive those moments um, and to look at, you know, some other accomplishments. You know, we're talking about individuals, you know, like Dave Barr. When was the last time that, um, you know, we've talked about Dave Barr in golf, Um, you know, reliving Mike Weir's um, Masters victory, reliving Tiger's bunker shot uh, from from Glen Abbey when he won it in in 2000. You know, so we're looking at not only celebrating Canadian golf, but reliving some of those historic moments. Yeah, and if you look at the list of moments, one thing I do want to say off the top, and I, I mean, I'm sure it was completely an oversight. Uh, I had a hole in one in 2019. I'm a Canadian. I, it's not there, but I'm sure that it was just a mistake. 
probably when we get to 60, 60th anniversary, I'm sure it'll be back up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and you know, the, 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 the cool thing is about this, though, is that it has also led to some discussions as to why certain moments weren't added to this list. You know, even just recently, why isn't Corey Connors uh, hole in one at the Masters? Why isn't that included on the list? And I got to tell you, you know, some of these were they were really hard decisions. Um, and then what do you do? You know, is Marlene Stewart Street getting uh, becoming the first Canadian inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame? Does that get replaced by Corey Connors? Uh, you know having that hole in one in this year's masters, it's a really hard decision. And that's why it wasn't a decision that was made solely by me. There was a committee uh, of individuals who, who did that. Yeah. And you're not going to please everybody. I mean, I, I think there's an argument to be made. You mentioned her already, Brooke Henderson, and she has a, uh, she has a couple moments up here, I believe at least one or two. Um, yeah, she actually has three, three. So, but she's, yeah. I, I mean, I think you could make the argument. I, I don't even know if anyone could, debate it that based on accomplishment alone she's the greatest canadian golfer of all time i mean it's just that's the reality and well especially when you're looking at her her win record and you know she yeah. just last month she's she, she was already the winningest professional golfer um and yeah. now she's added even another title to that so you know uh, but who knows what else brooke is going to do she you know she's, that's what i mean so young so young yeah, so, so young. it's it's wild. But anyway, so some of the moments I thought were cool, and I actually, so I'm friends with Matt Hill, um, going back to his time when he was on Team Canada, and we kind of connected, and so we keep in touch, and and I sent him, uh, I actually voted for Matt Hill, full disclosure, I voted for him already on this, but he won the NCAA individual title in 2009, along with seven other victories, tying Tiger Woods' record for wins by a collegiate golfer in a season. So I I sent him a screenshot of me voting for him. So I think he thought that was pretty cool. But there are some really interesting ones on here. Even if you look at the other one I, that caught my eye was the uh, the Bob Vokey uh, story about the, his designs and launching his own wedges, which obviously would become the number one wedge in the world. So it's not just accomplishments on the golf course. It's like key things in history with our country uh, from an individual perspective, accomplishment perspective, but also course perspective. And it looks like even some, uh, you know, I, I'll say the business end of golf too, right? Yeah. And, you know, going to, to Vokey, a lot of individuals don't realize that he's Canadian. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so it, when this list was released, I had so many people just reached out and say, I had no idea that Bob was or was from Quebec, Verdun, Quebec. Um, and, you know, I got to tell you, Bob is extremely proud to be Canadian. And when we inducted him into our, our Hall of Fame a, a few years ago, you know, that's the the one thing that he kept saying is that he represents Canada, you know, everywhere that he travels, even though, uh, you know, he does live in this and work in the States right now. And he has a great relationship with all the Canadians on tour and he makes sure uh, that he follows them and, and knows them, you know, very proud Canadian. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you look at these 50 moments and, you know, it's hard, it's hard to predict what will make the top 10, let alone you know, what would be number one? I know. And, and it's so subjective because it really will matter who's voting and when they're voting, how often and stuff. But I look at, you know, to me, George Lyon becoming Olympic golf champion. That's a big story. That's a like, and I don't know if that gets the attention it deserves either. Would you agree? A hundred percent. You know, at the at the time, you know, you got to realize, uh, you know, in 1904, amateur golf ruled the world. Yeah. 
right? And so when he beat the U.S. amateur champion Chandler Egan to win an Olympic gold medal, you know, that was huge news. Um, and, you you know, we see that in some of the, the newspaper articles um, that were printed, not even, in, not only just in Canada, but the, in the United States, that, you know, Lion beats U.S. champion. Um, and so it was almost like a David versus Goliath. Uh, you know, he, he was a young um, guy and George Lyon was, you know, a, an older, he was in his 40s when he won. And he had, they played uh, 36 holes of golf for that championship. So it was 18 in the morning and 18 in the afternoon. And he was able to, to best Chandler Egan. So it was really quite an accomplishment. And the other thing as well is that he held that record for 112 years. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's, it really it's amazing. is. And, you yeah, know, I can't even, I can't even looking at these moments and just hearing you talk about it. I'm like, I'm just trying to imagine the discussions that were going on to create even this list of 50. Like, it, yeah. did it ever get pretty heated? Um, you know, there were a couple of people who thought, you know, some moments deserved, you know, um, a, a, you know, to be on the 50 list. Um, and, you know, we just had to base it on, on consensus. And it, it really did come down to to a vote. Um, you know, I, I look at some of these moments and even though they're not made by Canadians, for example, Byron Nelson um, winning the 1945 Canadian Open, it happened within Canada. And so yeah. what was Canada's role in him achieving that record, that PGA record that still stands today of 11 consecutive victories. That is a record that is never going to be beaten. And it happened in Canada. Yeah. And I know uh, we mentioned Dan Pino off the top, who obviously is uh, one of your colleagues at Golf Canada. And I heard he, through the grapevine that he was pushing hard because I guess in 2017, he shot... I think even par on the back nine at the Glen Abbey North course to shoot 87. And he felt that that, that that should be on the Canadian list here for accomplishments. But well, if anyone's seen his golf, that is quite an accomplishment for him. Oh, it was like, I was, bl I was blown away. I was blown away when he told me he shot even to shoot 87. I was so happy for him. And I was thinking about getting a little plaque. There's a couple names. I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't mind you just expanding a little bit on, because I, I mean, I got to plead ignorance to some of these people. Brent Franklin, Allison Murdoch, yeah. obviously great accomplishments, but I, I don't really know them much. Yeah, Brent Franklin is a little bit of an enigma right now because he had such a great golfing career um, when he was younger. Um, and, and unfortunately, ha he had a, a very tragic accident that happened to him. But he won consecutive Canadian amateur, can, uh, Canadian junior Canadian amateur and PGA titles. And there, we're talking wow. multiple titles. So two Canadian amateurs, um, or sorry, three Canadian amateurs, two Canadian juniors, two PGA of Canada titles. So what he was accomplished in that span is just incredible. You know, he did have some success on um, the Asian tour. Um, and unfortunately, that's where his accident happened. He was out jogging one day and was was struck by a car. And even though, you know, he was able to recover, he never really had a, a passion for the game or playing the game anymore. So, uh, you know, Brent is now a, a coach um, in the United States. And so okay. even though he's not playing, he's still very much involved in, in golf. And 
I have to say that, um, you know, some of these moments, a lot of people like yourself, maybe they don't recognize that name. Who's Brent Franklin? Who's Alison Murdoch? Who's Ada McKenzie? And we've created these, you know, one and a half to two minute video uh, segments. So not only can you learn about that moment, but you can watch um, and you know maybe see highlights from from their career. And you're in some instances you're getting other people's perspectives ab- about what that individual accomplished. So it it actually is, uh, you know, I, I would say it's 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 kind of exciting when you're you're looking at the. Um, golf's return to the Olympics, you know, I was able to get Elena Sharp, Brooke Henderson, Graham Dillette, and David Hearns, their reaction to golf's return and what it was like to represent Canada um, on the Olympic stage. And so that was, you know, that was a really exciting video uh, to shoot and put together. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's an interesting, interesting point for sure. Quickly. um, So Adam Hadwin shoots golf's elusive, 59 do you think that yeah. makes it into the top 10 great accomplishment the only reason i asked that question is because i also know that uh another canadian drew nesbitt also shot uh 59 on the latino america tour not that long ago so i'm just curious do you think do you think that'll make it in there you know it's really hard to say um you know i have i have voted myself um and you know i welcome everybody to go on you know uh, to the website take a look at all the moments and, and vote you know i i think that you know we're going to see a mike weir moment on the top yes. 10 i think we're going to see a brook a Henderson moment on this top yep. 10 and you know, really everything else. I, I think it is a crap shoot, um, which is, you know, uh, it's, it's really hard for me to say, you know, um, we do look at professional golf in a, um, in a higher level than we do at amateur golf, but I hope that we see, you know, um, amateur accomplishments as well as professional accomplishments on our top 10 list. And even, you know, male and female are equally represented on that list as well. Yeah. And I think, I think you, it'll all depend on the, the demo of who's voting, right? I mean, I, I think if you have older voters, you're going to see the, uh, the Mo Normans, the, you know, George Knudsen, the, you know, those yeah. types of uh, Pat Fletcher kind of things that probably will climb up there. I think if you have the younger audience that goes and votes. So I think, you know, Tiger's bunker shot at Glen Abbey, you know, that's going to be something that they remember or that they're, they're aware of. And then, then, like you said, Brooke Henderson moments and, you know, Canada, the Olympics and all this stuff. So I I think it's great. I I applaud you guys for doing this again. um, The website, uh, heritage.golfcanada.ca, and you can uh, link up there and it'll take you to the top 50 moments. And I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. Can you vote more than once right each day or something yeah you can vote more than once so come back to the site um and we're oh, sorry you, yeah one vote yeah one vote per, per email. email address per week, per so, week. There you go. yeah yes. so one vote per week so come back vote even if you know sometimes uh some individuals are torn between you know maybe it's 12 moments come back and and vote again for for those other two that you think sh- should be added and the other thing as well is on that site you know 
um, is where you can register to attend our virtual gala. And we mentioned yeah. it on June 8th. And that is when we are going to release the top 10 moments. And it's completely free. Um, so you can join us online on June 8th. Um, get Bob Weeks uh, and Gail Graham, their perspective on the top 10 moments. And we might even have a few special guests that might be on the top 10 that will be um, on, on the virtual gala as well. That's cool. And there's some cool pictures too. I'm scrolling through them right now. Some really cool pictures of all the moments uh, associated with those individuals. So that's really neat too. Yeah. It, it, you know, it was a really exciting project and I got to say that, you know, even though our virtual gala is going to be held on June 8th, we're planning on celebrating all of these moments for the rest of the year. And I know I said at the beginning, Megan, that I wasn't going to talk anymore about golf being closed in Ontario, but would you like to see golf open right now? A hundred percent. Not only because I've been stuck in a house with my husband and I would like him to believe me, um, but because, uh, you know, I golf myself and I'd like to get out there and get some fresh air. And how are we the only province that yeah. uh, it, it, in the entire world that it isn't allowing golf to be played right now? Yeah, it's been a year in my house with uh, three kids and my wife and you know, I'm kind of getting used to it now. I got to be honest. I mean, but it's, but it is, it's with no golf, it uh, is a little difficult because I like taking the kids out to play too. So it's uh, hopefully we, we have a return soon. Yeah. My husband has resorted to chipping in the backyard. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, I really need him to go. Nice. Megan Gardner is the director of heritage services uh, for the Golf Canada Hall, or sorry, Golf Canada and the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. Uh, we appreciate her time this morning. And Megan, we look forward to seeing those top 10 unveiled uh, June 8th. Thank you so much. Once again, the website, heritage.golfcanada.ca. You can find the, the link there for their Hall of Fame 50th anniversary celebrations happening June 8th. So there you go. I, I, like I said, there's tons of good moments. Um, said it before i'll say it again i don't know why my hole in one is not on there like it was a, there was a lot of pressure it was in a tournament not just any kind of tournament a scramble like it was very important so <laughs> anyway uh big shout out to uh, a couple of our listeners jim davidson todd betteridge and scott parks who have been sending emails asking me to are suggesting uh, topics for the show. So we'll take that under advisement. Uh, always thanks to Brett Black for his work. Uh, you can email us, J-O-D-I-E at jjthegolfguy.com. We will do this again in seven days. Enjoy the rest of your week. See ya.